on this episode of Sports Talk with Myself. We take a look back at an unbelievable weekend in the NFL. And which rookie QB you think is in the best position to succeed? I'll tell you who I think he is. Some of you guys may be surprised. I'll run down the latest NBA news and rumors around the league. And we take a look back this past Saturday in the world of college football. Plus, I'll tell you why Jim Harbaugh time is up in Michigan as the Wolverines head coach. The MLB have revealed their finalists for MVP, Cy Young, Manager of the Year, and Rookie of the Year. I'll tell you who's in it, and we're going to discuss is Clayton Kershaw a Hall of Famer. And this day in sports history, right now, on Sports Talk with Marcel. Welcome to the latest edition of Sports Talk with Marcel. Thank you guys for joining me for another great, great episode I have now for you guys. We're going over the MLB finalists for the MVP Coach of the Year, or Manager of the Year in baseball. They are the manager, Rookie of the Year, and Cy Young. We're going to go over college football, my opinions about Jim Harbaugh. Um, just a lot I have lined up for you guys, but you know what we starting off with. Did anybody watch that game last night between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and New Year's Island? Because I didn't. I really didn't. I, I, I saw the game when it was like two minutes left. I turned to I, I no, I actually turned the game on when it was like nine minutes left and I couldn't believe the score because I was expecting a blowout. At least forty five to nothing, thirty something to ten or fifteen, whatever. I did not expect the Giants to be beating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers seventeen to fifteen in the fourth quarter. I just I just couldn't believe my eyes. I couldn't believe my eyes. Yeah, they won, but they they that don't prove that don't really prove they the top three that that definitely don't prove they the top three and top three teams to me in the league. You let a team like the New York Giants, not only the New York Giants, but the division that they in, compete with you like that. That just show you, man. Anybody can get beat on any given day. But let's be honest, one one in five team ain't finna blow, ain't finna compete with me. That's why they call it Monday Night Football. I was when I saw when I saw this game on the lineup last week. I just felt it was gonna be a blowout. But the Tampa Bay Buccaneers got it done. Tom Brady threw, connected on twenty-eight of forty for two seventy-nine, two touchdowns. He did pass Drew Brees again for the record. Now they gonna go at it next week. I cannot wait to see that next Sunday night. The Saints and the Bucks in Tampa. Dane Jones had a he had a decent game, through connected on twenty five from forty one two fifty two with two touchdowns. But Tampa, like, come on, man, what what y'all doing? You let this team get, but they 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 gotta they gotta they gotta at least beat the Saints by a touchdown or two next week, cause a team like this shouldn't be competing. You you should not be beating about two points. Okay, uh uh uh. The other game I went to, the, the Sunday night game, my God. What, what can I say, man? What can I say? Dallas Cowboys lose. 
nobody's surprised. I'm surprised that they even scored t- field goals. Being the Nucci, he actually played pretty good. The guy, he looked as scared to me, though. To me, he looked as scared. He felt like, he. I wish I was back in college or somewhere because it seemed like he wasn't ready. It seemed like he wasn't ready. Carson Wentz, another one. And I must say this, before I say anything else about Carson Wentz. The Eagles got to be out there damn mad to get his due all this money. And he come out and, 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 and turn and turn the ball over four times, two picks and two fumbles against this horrible defense. All that money. So you're telling me because, because the guy got, because he got a, because you think he talented it. And some people say he talented it. What way you can? What way you show? He haven't shown me a damn thing, and that's just my honest opinion. He got injured. He could show. You know what he did? He showed me he injury injury prone. He he not gonna lead them to no Super Bowl. The guy just the guy the. I wouldn't. I don't know. I do not know about Carson Wentz. Some say he's not even the best player before that. Before even before that, Prescott got injured. He won the second best quarterback in that division. The New York Giants get get destroyed against Kansas City Chiefs. Exactly what I expected. Thirty-five to nine. That, that's how Kansas City get it done. That's how a top team get it done. Thirty-five to nine. Patrick Mahomes lit him up. Connected on, connected 31 for 42, 416 yards, five touchdowns. He ain't the MVP, but he threw five touchdowns. A shocking game I've seen um, Sunday was the L.A. Rams lose to Tua. Now, let me get this out the way. People asking the question, what do you learn from Tua? What can you learn with 93 total yards? Really? He was throwing over. He, he he was very rusty. He was missing targets. He was overthrowing. He connected from twelve out of twenty-two. Only thing I learned is he can get, he he got to get better. He can do. He got to do better. And I'm surprised the Dolphins in that division. They second in that division. Unbelievable. Another surprise game I saw was Minnesota just, well, I won't say Minnesota Vikings. Let's say Devin Cook. Devin Cook torched the Packers. Rushed for 103 yards, four total touchdowns. And Rodgers did his little thing with connecting on 27-41, 291 yards, three touchdowns. Minnesota, I, I said the last week they had to come out and get it done off, off of coming off a of bye. They had to get something done. Now they can pick up that momentum and lead into next week. Tennessee dropped the ball against my boy Joe Burrow. 31 to 20. 
Joe Burrow connected 26 for 35, 249 yards, two touchdowns. Cam Newton fumbled the ball with 30 seconds to go as the Patriots dropped to the Bills. 24-21, very competitive game. But Cam Newton, I have something to say to Cam Newton too. And, 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 I'm, and I'm sorry we got to say this. But Cam Newton career over. And that's my honest opinion. Ever since the injuries in Carolina, been on a he was on a market for so long, coming to an organization where winning is a must, and you fumble the ball with thirty something seconds left. I think his career over. Josh Allen passed for one forty four, one interception. I bet people, I bet some people saying he ain't even in every conversation no more. Some people saying he was in every conversation two three weeks ago. Now he out. He just he he. He dropped himself out of that race. <laughs> Indy go to Detroit and manhandle Lions. Phillip Rivers coming out, throwing like the old Phillip Rivers. Connecting on 23 from 33, 262 yards, three touchdowns. Matthew Stafford. If I was him, I would retire. Because you cannot, you cannot tell me this guy like playing for his organization, man. This is one guy you never really talk about. Never really talk about. If you outside of Detroit, Michigan, you don't talk about this guy. Another good game, Pittsburgh went and beat the Buffalo, uh, I mean the Boston, Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson turned the ball over. Then they still was in it. They still could have won it. Incomplete pass into the game. Ben Roethlisberger threw for 182 yards, two touchdowns. Not too much. He just did enough to win the game. Lamar Jackson connected on 13 to 28, 208, two touchdowns, two picks, and two fumbles. You can't, you can't, you cannot turn the ball over to good teams like that, especially the Steelers. That's a good defense team. The Raiders beat the Browns. The Browns didn't, have, didn't really come out to want to play. It seemed like they didn't want to play. And that just shows. When you have a, 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 a good elite player like Odell Beckham, it's going to be hard to get the ball out of Baker Mayfield's hand. They lose to the Raiders 16-6. The Denver Broncos come back in tremendous and fashion to beat the Chargers. The Chargers they at the Broncos twenty four to ten going into the fourth quarter. I scored them twenty one six. Drew Lockett threw for two forty eight three touchdowns. Majority that came in the third fourth quarter. We'll say second half. New Orleans go to Chicago and beat the Bears. That was a that was a that was a frustrating game, especially the third quarter. You seen the Bears, they couldn't do absolutely nothing on offense. That's all you see is three and out, three and out, punt, 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 punt. 
My God, the offense, come on, man. That offense got to do better. They, the, the Bears not really going nowhere. They really not going nowhere. They lose to the next week. If they lose to the Titans, their season is over. Because there's no way you finna, the Green Bay is going to be up two games and you still have a chance to win that division. Drew Brees. And I can't believe this guy haven't even thrown a pick this year. That's one thing about New Orleans Saints. They score points and they don't make mistakes. They don't beat themselves. Another another great game. San Francisco 49ers dropped to the Seahawks. 49ers in trouble. It was reports Greg Kittle. Jimmy G is going to be out for Jimmy G going to be out for six weeks for sure. Their state playoff chances down the drain. Some people say it's the Super Bowl hangover. Hey, who knows? That's the one thing about sports, injuries. DJ Metcalf just torch, torch the uh, 49ers, DBs, 12 receptions, 161, two touchdowns. This guy is unstoppable. This guy is in his second year, and he's playing like he's been playing for five or six years. Dennis, rumors saying that NBA is trying to expand the playoff. 16 teams, each, each conference, you have your four division winners, you have your four wild cards. I don't like the proposal. Keep it at the same. Four divisional winners, the top two teams get a home, get a bye, and the the bottom two teams play the wild card. That's how it should always be. I don't think because of no pandemic you should change. You should want to add teams. MLB did it. But MLB, they started their season early this year. You just started Jordan September. You haven't had no problem but a couple of change game slots. I don't agree with that one. Now this... Rookie QB, who I trust. You should already know who I trust. I trust Justin Herbert. And just think about it. They all in the same conference. They all in the same conference. Joe Burrow, he in a he in a horrible division. Not horrible, but a good division. It's going to be tough for him to win that division. Tua, he's in a average division, but still. I think when it's all said and done, I think Justin Herbert is going to have a better career than those two. I really think so. The guy can throw his arm. He competed against... He had leads against two of the greats and Tom Brady and Drew Brees this year alone. Yeah, I would go with Justin Herbert. 
This have been your a look back at the NFL Week Eight season. In NBA news, players owners still haven't come to agreement about this 2020-21 season. The proposal was, and it still stands, at the 72-game regular season, which will start this December 22nd, and it will end somewhere around June and July before the before the summer Olympics next year. And I found something very interesting. It was an article about how much money they will lose, additional money they will lose. And it reads, after pushing back a deadline until next Friday, that's this Friday coming up, that will allow the NBA, for the NBA, to severe notice on termination of the collective bargain agreement in the wake of the COVID-19 pandemic. The League and the National Basketball Players Association are running short on time to agree on starting the NBA season before Christmas. And without assurance that the pandemic will allow for fans in the arenas this season and projected that their absence could cost the league more than $4 billion in lost revenue. So they're basically saying, they're basically trying to get the fans to the, um, into the arenas, but some states is not allowing it. California governor, I mean Los Angeles mayor, I believe mayor or governor of California, the mayor of L.A., they basically saying they're not having no large gatherings until 2021. And so this probably, and you only have the Lakers and the Clippers, so that's, that's just still a small percentage of the, of the teams in the league. And so it reads on, the NBA fears delaying the start of the 2021 season to January could cost the league an additional $500 million to $1 billion in revenue loss next season and beyond, sources say. Now, some players like LeBron, other players saying, hey, we want to push the season until Martin Luther King Day. That's fair, but I just feel like the, the players and ownership come to an agreement of okay, we need to have a date of when we're going to start this before we don't know how much money we need to... Because they're going to lose money regardless. Because it's not going to be no crowd for the 2020 season. Even though it's December 22nd, if they did start on December 22nd, for the remainder of the year, no games, maybe probably not for another two or three months, so who knows? And so the article continues to say it, the consequence for the league's players will be a steep drop in salaries so players could lose money due to the collective bargain agreement of the 50-50 revenue split between the league and the players. So this also 
is basically both sides is, is how you have a good and bad scenario. The players, if you don't play before the agreement of December 22nd, where the proposal said, it can cost you salary money. You can lose money. If you're trying to push it to MLK, you're even going to lose more money. And some of these players, they not making millions. So just imagine if you was a, a um, coming off the bench or a free agent, like, you're going to lose money regardless. And so the last paragraph of this article is saying that the NBA, they were just saying this, the NBA and the NBA, NBPA are still at odds over a start day of the season. With the union resistance, that's for a lead plan to open a shortened 72-game regular season on December 22nd and complete the NBA Finals before the Summer Olympics of next year. So basically, they saying like, if we don't get the season started before Christmas, we're going to lose money regardless. Now, I did say 72 is, is too much. Because if you look at it, 72 games, if you're looking at 72 games, you put more on them when you know you're making them play more games when for sure they're going to lose money regardless because the season, because the players haven't even come to agreement we want to start on December 22nd. There's no guarantee the players are going to come, okay, we want to start on 22nd. Even though they're still going to lose money with the 50-50 split of the revenue, which is not going to be no crowd for the remainder of this year, for the last eight, nine days of the year, probably won't be no crowd to like, to the probably beginning of February, to be honest, or March. Who's to say if the season starts today? See, this is what the NBA not understanding. Well, the NBA and the owners, and I see why the players don't want to start because they looking at it like, you know, we're going to lose money regardless. But they don't understand. You you are not only losing that 50-50, you're losing base, a percentage of your salary. And so the NBA needs to understand that the, the NBA and the players basically need to come to agreement of when we're going to start. Now, if I was, the, of course, the players, you know, some is going to be some, some players – Voice their opinion about it, you know. LeBron, of course, he don't want to. He, he, of course, he don't want to start um, December twenty second. Him and Danny Green, they made that vote. They made that very clear. They don't want to start before Christmas. You had us in the bubble for three, four months, and you want us to go. Um, no, don't know where the season going to be. Going to be an empty arena or back in a bubble. Well, they, they, that, that cannot happen. The bubble cannot happen again. Because NBA, if the NBA do the bubble again, they're gonna lose. They're gonna lose more money, because now you don't you don't have just certain teams. You have the entire league in seventy-two games. That's why I say seventy-two games is not gonna work. And I can see why some of the players don't wanna start before twenty-one, twenty twenty-one. 
They want to start an MLK Day. It's just, it's just right now, it just seems like, who knows? I would, I would, I would go on a limb and say, I wouldn't be surprised if the season was suspended. Because the league and the players are at odds right now. They are at odds right now. And you went how many, you have like a good couple of weeks before you start the training camp. At some point, just like they say, this Friday, this upcoming Friday is the deadline. They want to have it, an uh, agreement of, is we going to do this on the 22nd of December? Or are we going to have to just prepare to lose money? Even though we're gonna lose more money, it's just said they will lose additional five hundred million to a billion dollars. So who knows? They already lost one point six billion from the bubble. So the NBA is gonna be it's gonna be fucked up for the next year and a half or close to two years. Because they're gonna be losing money. Who's to say the crowd, the the arenas allow fans in there? This season, anyway. Who's to say that? And so, it's just really messed up right now. And and other than the rumors, I heard that Gordon Hayward of the Boston Celtics, they thinking about getting rid of him and trading him to the Sixers. I don't know what they thinking. That will hurt them tremendously, even though he's been injured for the last couple of years. He's still a leader. That team is very young. Justin Tatum, Jason Tatum is coming, um, becoming a star. Marcus Smart doing his thing as a leader. The heartbeat of that team. I wouldn't trade away Gordon. I would not trade away Gordon. Simple fact, the guy, they, they, they need a guy like that. That's your NBA news and rumors. What a Saturday it was this past Saturday in the world of football. We seen upsets. And we seen Jim Harbaugh. We're going to get to him later. We're going to get to him later. But the game that I saw was Texas upset Oklahoma State in overtime. What a tremendous victory. For the Texas Longhorns as they beat Oklahoma State in OT 41-34. We seen another upset. Well, I would say almost upset between Boston College and Clemson. I couldn't believe what I was watching. Boston College had Clemson 21-10. to and the Clemson Tigers, they just we the number one team in the nation. Let's show them why we the number one team in the nation. Came back and just went bananas on Boston College, the Eagles. As they beat Boston College, luckily, people will say luckily. I'ma say too, because if all the Boston do, all the Boston had to do was 
managed the game, they could have that could have been the upset of the year in any sports. To be honest, without Trevor Lawrence, hey. So Clemson beat they take down Boston College thirty four to twenty eight. Another great game was Ohio State and Penn State. That went down to the wire. This guy Justin Fields, he he's my Heisman. He's my Heisman winner right now. Even if even even if Trevor Lawrence wasn't if he, if he was playing, but he's out due to the COVID nineteen. He won't miss another game. And I do believe they played Notre Dame. Speaking of Notre Dame, they beat Georgia Tech 31-13. Albany take down the LSU Tigers. LSU Tigers, I don't know what's going on. I don't know. And the game, there was another upset. was very disappointing. Was the Michigan... The Michigan State Spartans went into Michigan, Ann Arbor. Some would say the biggest stadium, football field in the USA, and beat the Michigan Wolverines 27 to 24. If this, I just don't know what to say about this game. I really don't know. All I can say is, Jim Hanball got to go. He has to go. Now, not just because of that. And I'm going to tell you why. Jim Hanball was hired as the coach in 2015. In those four years, let's just get the, let's get the big one. Let's get the, the elephant at the room. Let's 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 address the elephant in the room. The guy's never reached the college football playoff. Never. He had a chance a couple years ago. Never though. And his record is 48-19. And it won't, but you can win games. Wolverine fans, Michigan Wolverine fans, and I'm I'm a big Wolverines fan. I play with them all the time on the the um the NCAA football games. The wins, forty eight wins and nineteen losses, that that don't matter. Let me show you what does. Jim Harbaugh is one and four in bowl games. None of them bowl games was really they won no Rose Bowl. It wasn't no big bowls. It was the Outback Bowl, the Peach Bowl. Like, dude, really? The guy won 10, 10 games, two years, 30 years. It was just horrible. But that's one in four. That's not the problem. These next, these next reasons, these next three reasons is the reason why he needs to be gone as the head coach of the Michigan Wolverines. Number one, 
he three and three against Michigan State. That's number one. That's the first reason. Michigan State haven't been relevant in at least five or six years. That record should be out of six wins. That's your record should be four and two or five and one. Maybe six and oh. The number two reason. Jim Harbaugh is one and eight versus top ten teams. One and eight. Top ten teams. One and eight. Unbelievable. You're supposed to be a coach of execution. You can't execute more than one win against top 10 teams. Top 10. We ain't talking about top 15, top. We talking about the top teams. And the number one reason. This this guy never be miss me never be Ohio State. I don't I just don't understand that. I just don't understand how hard is it really? He had a couple he had a chance a year or two ago, I believe. In Ohio State. If I was the athletic director, this guy would be gone before Saturday. Because it ain't pretty much you can lose now. The season's over. Michigan is ranked 23. What are they going to lead them to another Outback Bowl, a Peach Bowl? The guy needs to be gone. You serve no purpose. No more. Especially... With those records, you never reached a playoff. Never reached college football playoff. You 0-5 against Ohio State. Might be 0-6 this year. Whenever they do play, if they do play. Or if he even a coach by it when they play. 1-8. That 1-8 is, is crazy to me. Against top 10 teams. He wasn't successful in the football in the NFL. That's what I understand about coaches. How the hell do you expect to be a winner in college league? And I know some coaches have went on to have success in college, had success in college after the NFL league. But how do you, how do some of these coaches expect to be having the same success though? Like when he was with the 49ers, when he was the head coach of the 49ers, he said, yeah, it was a good team, hell of a defense, went to the Super Bowl, lost it to the Baltimore Ravens. What makes you think you would go to Michigan State and, you know, I mean, not Michigan State, but Michigan and coach that team and make them winners? I just don't understand. I wonder where he go from here. Pop Warner, minor league. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just being, I'm, I'm serious, though. Where do he go from here? Be the next defensive, offensive coordinator. The Bears can use him offensive for sure. He was a good coach at Stanford. What do what do he go from here? Cause I don't see how he's gonna survive the season. If if this guy survived the season, man, it's a lot of it's a lot of ass kissing around that. 
around a around that campus in Michigan. I think Jim Harbaugh, all fairness, because he know to be respectful to not only the players, not to the coaches, but the fans, the the people that hired you. If I was, you should he he should step down as the coach. He owed that to the team. But as far as this season, it's over. There's nothing he can do. There's nothing. He can win every game. It still won't matter. And well, I know he's not going to win them, though. Because <laughs> if that game consists of Ohio State, mm-mm-mm. and speaking of Ohio State, how they playing now? Man, they mess around, blow Michigan's Michigan Wolverines out. Honestly, that's my thoughts on Jim Harbaugh. It is now time for this day in sports history. In 1982. San Diego guard Randy Smith plays his 845th consecutive game in the Clippers' 130-111 loss in Philadelphia. Passes Johnny Red Kerr, which is Chicago Bulls legend, NBA record. He goes on to play in 906 straight games. Another This Day in Sports History, 1995, with a 105-91 victory over Charlotte at the United Center, the Chicago Bulls win their first of the NBA record at the time, 72 games in one season, and their first of the NBA record 32 home games won at the start of a season. And the final This Day in Sports History, 2007, Navy beats Notre Dame 46-44 to in the triple overtime. And then the Fighting Irish NCAA record, NCAA football record, winning streak against the Navy at 43 games. Last Navy win over Notre Dame was 35 to 14 in 1963. This has been This Day in Sports History. In the world of baseball, MLB have revealed their finalists for MVP, both leads, Cy Young, Manager of the Year, and Jackie Robinson, Rookie of the Year. The finalists for MVP for the NL will be announced next week, November 12th, is Mookie Betts of the Dodgers, 
You have Freddie Freeman of the Braves. You have Manny Machado of the Padres. My pick, I'm not picking, but if I had to pick a MVP of that league, it'd be Freeman. A lot of, of course, majority of the votes are gonna go to Mookie Bad just because he he's a stud, he's a beast, he just won the World Series. He was the reason they won the World Series. So um, a lot of fair people go to that, but that is the individual award. That that's I mean that's a um, World Series award for that round, but for season wise, I would go with Freeman. Uh, for the AL MVP is. Finalist is Jose Abreu of the White Sox. You have DJ LeMahieu of the Yankees. You have Jose Ramirez of the Indians. I will go with DJ LeMahieu. The guys are still, I know he's a free agent. He's looking to get paid. I don't know when the season, hopefully the season start in time this time because the guy is, that's, that's one player the New York Yankees cannot afford to lose. So, you know, they're going to open up their pocketbook to try to get him to give him whatever he want. You up for M- you up for MVP in a short of a season. Um, so, yeah, he's a free agent. So, Yankees are going to throw whatever he want. Hopefully, whatever he want at him. So, <laughs> just what he won't leave. So, um, anything can probably get him up out of there. If they come 10 to 20 million short, <laughs> your ALNL Cy Young uh, finalist is um, this will be the winners for these will be announced November 11th next week, or day before the MVP announces. Finally, the winners are announced for the MVP. Um, you have Shane, uh, Shane, um, Shane Beaver out of the Indians. Kuta Kenta Mahata, the twins. You have Gian Ryu of the Blue Jays. That is for the AL. If I had to pick, it would definitely go to Mahata. NL Cy Young is Trevor Broomer of the Reds. You have Yi Dargish of the Cubs. And you have Jacob DeGron. I really didn't watch. It was a shortened season. I will go with Jacob, just because he's a he's a beast. Um, the Jackie Robinson Rookie of the Year finalists they will be announced on November 9th next week. I, no, I believe this week. No, next week. Um, you have Alec Broom Brum of the Phillies. You have Jake Cronenworth. And you have Devin Williams of the, no, Devin Williams, Devin Williams of the Brewers. That's your Jackie Robinson Rookie of the Years for the NL. For the AL, you have Christian Javier, Kyle Lewis of the Mariners, and you have Lewis Robert of the White Sox. I probably would give it to Lewis White Sox. The guy's a straight monster, man. And the manager of the year for the NL is Don Mattingly, Dave Robert, or David Ross, sorry. And you have Jesse Tingerler of the Padres. I would give it, I would definitely give it to him. And of course, AL, you have Kevin Cash. He's going to win it. But for the Tampa Bay Rays, even though he pulled the idiotic move of the Six in the by pulling Blake Shell Snell 
So he's going to get a rookie of the year. I mean, manager of the year. And the, for the um, finals of that AL is Kevin Cash, I just said. Um, Charlie Molera. And you have um, Rick Renteria of the White Sox. Kevin Cash is going to pick. Easily. Easily is going to win that. Now, about this Clayton, um, Clayton Kershaw Hall of Fame. The guy in my book. In my book, he is a Hall of Famer. But I think it's more he needs to achieve postseason-wise, postseason-wise, for him to get that first ballot. Now, everyone has said he's the best pitcher ever. You know, a lot of um, MLB analysts, you know, they play the game, they watch the game, but I look at the game. When it comes to when it just comes to being the best, and we all know this, when it comes to being the best in whatever position you play, people is going to compare the championships. Now, Clayton Kershaw, and is it he? He is in his thirteenth season. Well, he just completed his thirteenth season in the league. I say he probably got like a good four or five more. And that four or five more, to me personally, he have to prove himself in the postseason. That means for the next four or five years, you can't go to the world, you can't go to a NLDS, NLCS, and lose or have a bad outing. Well, let's just say he can't go there and be the reason the team lose. The dude got good. Hell of achievements to his argument. He's eight time All Star, one MVP, one year. To, that's twenty fourteen. The guy led the lead three times in wins. He led the lead five times in ERA, and he led the lead three times in strikeout. The three top stats that. A lot of people require it as a Hall of Famer. The guy have won 175 games in a regular season. And that 175, his winning percentage is 697. I want y'all to follow me. Follow my lead. His ERA, 2.43. So good so far. In his pitch, 2,333. The guy have 2,526 strikeouts and a 585 walk. That's good. We just That just shows he's a monster. He's a beast. And the regular season, 162 games, he's a monster. But that don't prove, that don't show your greatness. And some, in other people's mind, it do. But to me, no, it don't. I look at the postseason. Because it's all about how you perform in a postseason. 
And you can't be most of the reasons you, your team loses. And I've seen a couple of games in the last couple of years, he was a reason. A couple of years ago, the White Sox situation. I mean, the um, Chicago Cubs, when they won the World Series, he came to Wrigley Field and got smoked. Couple years of the World Series. He got smoked. Last season. Against the Nationals. You let the Nationals come to your and win game, I believe that game five on your on your home field. If I told you if I told you guys you wouldn't believe me. Kurt Schilling, like I say, his his percentage, his winning percentage in the season is six ninety seven. His winning percentage in the postseason is, is three seven. It's three seven. So that just shows you have a less lesser percentage of even winning a game in the postseason. Speaking of winning, out of 25 postseason starts, anyone, he was the winner of 13 of those 25. Got to get better. Got to get better. And ERA was in the four, 460. So, to me personally, yes, Clay Kershaw is a Hall of Famer. But in my book, he is not first ballot at all. Not at all. Not with the postseason numbers. Absolutely not. And you just not winning your first World Series in your 13th season? For the next four or five years, you have to get at least two. Three, definitely. First ballot. He get two? Yeah. Maybe some still say first ballot. Some other people say, no, I don't think so. Now, I don't know what, what he ranked at with the wins career-wise compared to the greatest pitchers. I know his ERA stand out. I know his strikeout stand out. But when it comes to the postseason, that shows you not only dominating the season, you also dominating the postseason. And that's what I really think about Clay. He's a hell of a guy. Seemed like a great guy, good guy to be around. Like I said, he is a Hall of Famer to me. But first ballot, I don't think so. You tell me what you guys think. Well, that will do it for this episode of Sports Talk with Marcel. Thank you guys for tuning in. Hope to see you guys again this Friday. I have another great episode for you. Until then, have a good one. Peace out.